0: The classic memory of Jared Olchen, and today we're going to learn, we're going to start a new series of afters of the High holidays. The after of the first day of the holiday, we learned years ago about Hannah. After the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And today we will learn the after of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Anybody who wants to learn the after of the first day of Rosh Hashanah should go online. There is a video oh, from, the, from the class. Secondary. Today we learned after of the second day of Rosh it's on page 170 in the prayer book, in the Machzer, in the Rosh Hashanah prayer book, in the bottom of the page, the second left of the page, and 170, yes, it's, on the cha- it's chapter, chapter 31 from the book of Jeremiah, a very powerful chapter. In general it speaks about Rachel, the mother Rachel, as we'll see later. It's one of the nicest, the most optimistic chapters in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah has many, many prophe- prophecies who are I would say are not so exciting. Because it was Jeremiah comes the word Irmiao comes the word Mar. Mar means in Hebrew Biddle. He was the prophet, prophet of Bidda, prophet of doom. He told the Jewish people of the destruction that's coming upon them. But here and there, he has some very optimistic prophecies. According to some historians, it was the time when he tried to prevent the destruction. In the beginning, it was a King he was a righteous king, and he started a reform of to try to bring the Jews back to Judaism, and Jeremiah, it was already after the destruction of the Northern Kingdom, the Kingdom of the Ten Tribes, the Kingdom of Israel. But there were still Jews left there all over. That he went there and he tried to encourage them to come back. The Kingdom of Israel. What was the Kingdom of whom? Who was the ki- who was the boss? Who was named after? Who was the king? The king from which tribe was the king? In the kingdom of of, of uh No, close. Ephraim. Ephraim. It was called the kingdom of Ephraim. Yeah. Then the Olaf Torah is speaking about Ephraim. Yes, yes. He's going around to the to the people of Ephraim He tells them, Come back, God loves you. It's after talking about after three hundred years of idol worshiping. It's the remnants of Ephraim. Most of them were exiled, assimilated. It's married, gone. The remnants of Ephraim says, come back. That I didn't give, God didn't give up on you. And it's a very optimistic Torah, and it makes sense to be read on Rosh Hashanah, where God, with the God, the prophet speaks in the name of God, tells the Jews in the synagogue, We love you, God loves you. God never gave up on you. And that's what it's all about. God never gave up on you. As we will see later, but maybe it's worth it to say it in the beginning. It has to do with the the torah too. You know, there's a story about Joseph. This is Ephraim. Ephraim is the son of Joseph, right? Mm -hmm. And... The brother sold Joseph. He ended up in Egypt. And in Egypt, he, he was by Potiphar, right? Mm-hmm. and Potiphar's wife wanted to seduce him. And in the last minute, he left his clothing in his hand and he ran out. What, what stopped him?
1: He saw the image of his father.
0: Oh, that he was a lonely boy in a strange land, a slave. His parents, his, his brothers, ate him. Sold him as a slave. What can, what can be a better statement? That they really ate you. Maybe if you are not sure if they ate you, they really made it very pretty clear, I think. <laughs> then why shouldn't you not give up? He so saw his father's image. What does this mean? He forgot his father's image. Maybe make it 67 that's too hard. Thank you, Dr. Kosovo. I'm sorry for making you get up. You're a little older than me. I and mean, It's not nice that young men should make other people older than them get up. But. <laughs> but he's really a young man. He's younger than me, the truth. He feels better than me. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Then the word that it's written in what he saw so, so his father's image, what he saw so exactly, what changed, what he remembered, what he felt. The word that's used in Ebon is N. and he refused. And she tried to convince him, to seduce him. He refused. When you go back. When the brothers sent to the father the cloth, the, the, the technical cloth, like colorful cloth with blood, and he himself came to the conclusion that it's tarof, taraf yourself, he was turned into parts. And he mourned. And what happened then? He, he mourned. He kept mourning
1: because he could and his
0: sons and his sons and his daughters try to comfort them what is comforting him say okay fine let's move on and he and what he did he didn't he refused to find comfort he used the same Ibu word litnachem." before because the father refused to give up on him no matter what, he knew Yosef, he said, I still think he's alive. Still think he's alive. Therefore, the son never gave up on his father's religion. He saw his father, he knew deep down that his father will never give up on him. And that's what Judaism is all about. And the same expression that Jacob, the only place in the Bible that's written... He, confused, he refused to comfort himself, to find comfort, about Jacob. It's written in this Torah about Rachel. That Rachel is crying for her children. The same expression, He refused to find comfort. She refused to, to accept comfort for the Jewish children going to exile. When you never give up on your children, and your children will feel it, and they'll never give up on what you have to offer. And this really is the message of Rosh Hashanah. You come, what's Yom Kippur? People come to shul, they're never in the shul, 20 years. I had so many times that people walked in, the wife or the brother or the father <coughs> told me, he wasn't in shul for 20 years. Never stepped foot in the shul. But because he felt that the Jewish people never gave up on him, Deep down he never gives up on his own unreal religion. It's a mirror. It's a reflection. People feel that you don't give up on it. And that's the that's the more you know there is a similar you No know, Jacob run away run away from Esau, right? Esau couldn't reach him. But who, who he sent somebody to reach to mm. catch him. Who he sent? Eliphaz. Eliphaz. Who is Eliphaz? Rain, mm. son. son of whom Grandson. We'll Esau. Esau son of his, son. The father of Amalek. Eliphaz called him, the Methush says, and told him, My father told me to kill you. And you know, in Esau's house, honoring your father was a very important thing because Esau is known for honoring his father, right? Why did not kill Jacob? Because he grew up on his grandfather's lap. He was grew up by his grandfather's lap. Isaac raised of tarshit now a regular father like isaac who has a son like esau who gives him hell said enough i have to deal with my son i don't meet my grandson get out of here go to your father he will educate you i'm not dealing with you eliphaz was the, the way the Rashid describes what kind of Eliphaz, what kind of a guy he was he wasn't the most righteous human being you find on the street Isaac knew who Eliphaz is. We knew what will come out from, that from Eliphaz will come Malik. He still never gave up on him. Because Isaac showed love to Eliphaz, Jacob was saved. And we are here. You understand what's going on? The lesson is, you never give up on anybody. No matter where it is, no matter what, no matter where. And they feel it. And the whole Jewish nation, the house of Israel, Jacob is the father of all of us. And us was this age close to kill him. But because Zadie loved them, it's written he was raised by in his bosom. He kept them like this on his lap, like you said. Because he never gave up on them because he loved them, he really loved them. And push came to show, it came the moment of test, listening to my father, or knowing deep down that my grandfather, it will cause a lot of pain to my grandfather. But, George, but he gave him a way out by the way, take a little bit. But
1: that, that's because he wanted it.
0: If he kills them, he kills him, you take the money too, right? He gave him the money, right? oh right, right He can get the money anyway his father told him isa told him go and kill my brother and he is obligated to honoring his father and he saw from his father's example how yano isaac was unbelievable but because he was raised by he didn't kill jacob the lesson is clear and loud and simple we never give up on a jewish person We're not on our children and even on other children, and anyone because you never know what are going to be. Who is going to be the Jew who will save Yaakov? The old Jewish people. And that's really the theme of the All of Torah. Now we learn a little bit from inside, just a little bit.
2: Thus said the Lord, the people who survived the sword have found grace in the wilderness. When I went forth to give Israel its place of rest.
0: That God is saying, the people who survived the sword, the the remnants of Israel, the Holocaust survivors, if you want, I'm going to find them a place
2: of rest in the land of Israel. The Lord appeared to me from afar saying, with everlasting love have I loved you. Therefore have I drawn loving-kindness over you.
0: Okay. From afar, God has appeared to me. Sometimes we start to appreciate God only from afar. From Einstein, 20 to 20, we start to miss him even more. When we have it, we don't really stop. We have it. We take it for granted. When the Rebbe was alive in the and I was there, many times I missed a service that's left There's, oh, it's here. Now, you give the all to be one more service with them, to be one more minute with them. Merochik Hashem Nireli. From far, you can start to miss God even more.
2: See, so it's not just in the future. You're going backwards, too.
0: Backwards. I'm talking about backwards. Backwards. Also backwards. Yeah, sure. What he says... I love you, a everlasting love. And that's why I give you kindness, because it's everlasting love, no matter what, God will love us. Avat Olam. Ahavat Olam means, we say it in the prayer, in the, in the morning, right? Ahavat Olam Ha'avtanu. Before the Shema, the blessing before the Shema starts with the word Ahavat Olam let That comes from here, the Ahavat Olam comes from here. We say, God loved us, everlasting love. Olam means forever. You all love us us forever. No matter what. That's why I give you kindness. Continue. I will
2: yet build you up, then will you be built forever. O Virgin of Israel, you will yet adorn yourself with your tambourines and go forth in joyous joyous dance. God says,
0: will come a day. You will become again a virgin. You will come again. Celebrate. You'll be happy. You will. You will. You will have the the all all the you you'll celebrate. Mark, you want to continue.
1: You will again plant vineyards on the hills of Sharon. The planters will plant and redeem them in the fourth year.
0: The Shomron is the Samaria, Judah and Samaria. Mm-hmm. That Sharon. Mm-hmm. Sharon is where the kingdom of Israel was. That is telling the people from Ephraim. Now it's destroyed, but it will be a day you will replant the, your vineyard, and and, and you will and you redeem the food means by the first three years, you're not allowed to eat the food in Israel. The fourth year, you redeem it, in the, uh, you redeem it and then you're allowed to eat it. Means you will enjoy the fruit of, the, of your labor, the fruit of, the, of the, the grapes of the vineyards.
1: For the day will come when the watchman on Mount Ephraim will call out, rise, let us go up to
0: Zion, the Lord our God. To the Lord our God. He says, the people of the watchmen, the people who are planting the, the vineyard, they said, Let's go. They are on the Mount of Ephraim, they are the tribe of Ephraim, the, where the kingdom of Ephraim is. So let's go to Zion, let's go to Jerusalem, because the whole message is about reuniting Judah in, in Israel. They should come back to Jerusalem. He tells them, The day is coming, you should come back. I
3: yep sing joyously raise your voices in jubilation on the high places of the nations make it known offer praises and say save your people O Lord the remnant of Israel
0: the remnant of Israel you talk about it's from the kingdom of Israel is left only remnant then God says he says say make it and make it known that God will will save the remnant of Israel and then he says in an ahead, I will."
3: Behold, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman, and the woman who has just given birth. all together a large assembly will return
0: here. Okay, what is he saying here? will come from the north, the Babylonian exile, all the exiles from the, from the corners of the earth. From all over, the Jews will come. Who is going to come? The, the blind and the handicapped they and they're pregnant and the all type of jews not talking about will come only the important people everybody everyone whatever is left you're not talking about a redemption of <coughs> glory <laughs> we'll take whatever is left everybody's welcome a whole a whole the whole crowd will come together the, a large assembly will return here. It's really when, when, you saw the Russian Jews came to Israel in the 90s, in the thousands, a million Jews came. To come every day, came <coughs> planes upon planes and led Jews down. It was, it was like the, the the fulfillment of this of this prophecy was. Large assemblies came to Israel, in the thousands. Then he said.
2: Weeping from joy will they come, and with compassion will I lead them. I will make, I will make, I will make them walk along streams of water on a straight path on which they will not stumble. For I have been a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Okay,
0: here is a few few important things. With weeping of joy, I will bring them, right? Weeping from joy, they will come. When the Jewish people tried the first time?
2: At the sea of
0: No, 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 it's spies. But if low, they cried in the spies. Why did they They didn't want to go to so, Israel, right? Because it says the Medresh something amazing. Because they cried of the spy, because they cried that they didn't want to enter the land of Israel, was on Tisha right? What happened on many years later?
1: Lots of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: The destruction of the First Temple. Temp. They were exact. What happened when they came to Babylon? What they did? Worship. What's written? There is a text about what they did in Babylon. On the rivers of Babylon. They they wept. They, they hung their harps. They wept and they wept. They cried on the rivers of Babylon because they missed Israel. The mentor says, because they cried, when Hashem wanted to give them the land that they didn't want to go, they created the potential for the destruction, for being exact. And they end up crying in and later we're going to read now he's talking about coming back to Israel also with crying that's a good crying what deserves this crying of coming back you're going to learn some some good crying here. that's one thing in this, in this verse the other thing in this verse is he says, "Ephraim is my firstborn." Really? Who is Ephraim?
1: Ephraim was one of Joseph's uh, uh, sons.
0: Right. And who is the firstborn? Menashe. Menashe. And what means Ephraim? Ephraim goes back to Joseph. We have two kingdoms: the kingdom of Joseph and the kingdom of Judah. The original argument: what Joseph told him. Joseph said, "I'm the firstborn." Was he the first born? Yeah, from Rachel. From Rachel. And he told them I'm the first born. They said, no, we are. We are the sons of Leah. We were born before you. We are this. He says the all the of, 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 of uh, Jacob is Rachel. That's what he wanted to intend to marry to begin with, right? Then and, and it's true, when, when Rachel, when finally, when Rachel had Joseph, he said, I can leave Laban. He accomplished my goal. Mission accomplished. That from his point of view, is the firstborn. Came Judah and said, no, I'm the firstborn. Reuben said, I'm the firstborn. Well, here comes, comes Jeremiah and says, and Ephraim is my firstborn. I'm a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Obviously, God looks on Joseph in, to a point as the firstborn. Ultimately, it will be Judah. But you need... Moshe ben Yosef and Moshe mm-hmm. ben Dov, you need the two things. Okay, let's continue.
3: Hear the word of the Lord, you nations, declare it in the distant islands and say, He who has scattered Israel will gather them and guard them as a shepherd his flock.
0: As a shepherd his flock. God is compared many times to a shepherd and we are completed a flock. And Moses was like a shepherd, that's all things like a shepherd. Yeah.
3: For the Lord will redeem Jacob and deliver him from a power mightier than he.
0: This line <laughs> is where is this line? We say it every time. We read it um, in before the Amida. Before the Amida, uh, huh? yeah. And when, when which service? So it's for Amari. Amari. Before the Hashem, um, Yakov, Ugyolim, at Hosek Mimeno. ata Hashem, Gal Israel. Right? It's right. in a too. Shabbos too, yeah, it's Friday night, same thing. God redeemed, uh, God redeemed Jacob, uh, saved Jacob, and redeemed him from one who is stronger than him. Okay, continue. Good from night. they
3: will come and sing joyously on the Temple Mount, the high place of Zion, the stream toward the bounty of the Lord to the grain, the wine, the oil, the young sheep, and cattle. Their soul will be like a well-watered garden and they shall grieve no longer.
0: They shall grieve no longer. It's promising the final redemption. They will go and they will come back and they will have wine and all the good stuff and they will never have any more grief. Then?
2: Then
3: will the maidens rejoice and dance, young men and old alike. I will turn their mourning into joy and I will console them and will gladden them after their sorrow.
0: I will turn the moan into a joy. Instead of Tisha above, it's not going to be a day of fasting, it will be a day of celebration. The 17th of Tammuz will be a day of saying lachaim day and night. The, the morning will turn into a joy, The things will turn from bad to good. That's what God is promising the Jewish people. Continue.
3: I will satiate the soul of the Kohanim with fatness, and my people shall be filled with my goodness, declares the
0: Lord. Thus said the Lord. That starts a new thing altogether, my friend. Here comes the most powerful part of the Torah. So, to said the, the God. Yeah, what he says. A voice is heard on high.
3: Lamentations, bitter weeping. It is Rachel weeping for her children? She refuses to be consoled for her children because they are gone into exile.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Here is the whole Torah. A voice is heard and high. Rachel. Rachel? How is Rachel coming to Jeremiah? What is Rachel doing to Jeremiah? Since when Jeremiah became a friend of Rachel? It's a thousand years later. He remembered suddenly Rachel. In the Bible, there is every time written about the person, and when he died, the stories about them are done. Here is a story about what Rachel is doing. Not, not mentioning Rachel, our mother Rachel, like we say, our father Jacob. Rachel is, doing, is crying. Rachel, is, is, Rachel died a thousand years before that. What is Rachel doing? Crying for her children. She refused to get to comfort. We spoke before in the beginning, refused to be comforted. Me'ano le'inochem. <laughs> Jacob refused to give up on his children. And Rachel is refusing. What is it about that the marriage says, when the Jewish people went into exile, they passed by the graveside of Rachel. And they stopped to cry to Rachel, Rachel, go and save us. Go to God and pray for us. And Rachel stood up in front of God. The marriage goes on the whole story. Jeremiah went to the, to the bank of Jordan. And he said, Moses, Moses, your children are being exalted, killed, and slaughtered, and you are doing nothing. But Moses went and he wake up, the, he went to Hebron, to the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, What is happening, little children, and you are doing nothing? They all went to God. Abraham came to God and he says, God, look what I did for you. I was ready to sacrifice my son. I was thrown myself in the, into the furnace. Save my children, God didn't want to hear. That's what I said. Isaac came and said, I was happy to put my throat up to be sacrificed for you. Jacob said, 22 years by labor was not good enough. <laughs> then came Rachel. Rachel said, I gave up my marriage to my sister. God accepted Rachel's plea. As you're going to see in a minute. Not comfortable. That's the message. Says The Rebbe once asked, why is Rachel's plea was accepted more than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You compare it. It's not even to compare. Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son. You're talking about you gave up your husband? That's nice! But you can compare it to sacrificing your son. That Abraham sacrificing his son was not good enough. Rachel is ready to give up her marriage. Okay, oh, yeah, for you, Rachel. The Rebbe said something very interesting. Where was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob buried? Okay. Where was Rachel buried?
1: She was buried word. on the road. Right
0: right. Why was she buried on the road?
1: Because Jacob said that she just, he just did it.
0: Why Jacob did it? He saw it he because vision. Jacob he said, J- J- Joseph kind of asked him, when Jacob told us from Joseph, he should, ta- he should take his bones to the land of Israel when he dies, Joseph gave him a look like, him. the look was, and will you bury my mother? But Jacob told him, I buried her on the road, because God told me to bury her on the road. Because one day, your children, the children of Israel will go on the road, and they will need comfort, and they will stop at the gravesite of Rachel on the way to exile, and they will pray to God, He should help them. That it wasn't what Rachel said, it was Ray- where Rachel chose to be buried. When you are ready to sacrifice, it's, not, it's a known thing in the world of fundraising. If somebody comes and says, I gave $10,000, now I want you to give two. How are you talking? I give nothing, I want you to give. Get out of here. A child in a classroom comes to a teacher, and can be given to the other student even if he didn't do so well in the test, let him go. But if he comes and says, you know, I was studying with him for the test for hours and hours, he tried very hard. I gave my share, now be nice to him. It's a different talk. Rachel chose to not to be buried in the cave of Machpelah. Just for children that a thousand years later will be exiled. It wasn't what she said. It was what she did. You understand? I thought, oh, you sacrificed. I'm ready to hear you. I will also make a sacrifice. That Rachel is coming to God. Rachel is one of two people in the Bible who are mentioned after, the, after their life. Rachel is, ma- is mentioned here, and one more person is mentioned Elijah. after they died. Elijah the prophet. It's mentioned by the end of the Bible. That the Torah Jeremiah is saying something that he didn't see physical, physically. He speaks about Rachel crying, something that he knows from prophecy. That in her grave she's crying for the Jewish people. A thousand years after she died. And what she says, she's crying. Because of her cry spoke before about the crying, you remember? Because the Jewish people cried and teach above that they don't want to enter the land of Israel they end up crying in Babylon. And because Rachel cried for the children of Israel what she cried? Promise me God that one day the Jewish people will come back to the land of Israel. They were on the way to exile. What's going to be? Where's the future? What's going to happen? Nobody knows. Rachel cried and God promised her. Let's read what God promised her. So says God, Koyom Hashem, thus said the Lord.
2: Keep your voice from weeping, your eyes from tears, for there is a reward for your deeds, declares the Lord. They shall return from the land of the enemy. They shall
0: return from the land of the enemy. Stop crying. There is a reward for your crying, a reward for your being buried away from Israel. And you will, you will one day, the children will come back. That's why it's written that the children will come back weeping. Because of this weeping, because of this crying, we deserve a good crying. Because of the bad crying, we end up crying in Babylon. What will bring us, what will, what will make us the merit to, marry, to come back to Israel and crying? Because Rachel cried. Nothing is for free. Rachel cried, that's why we are crying. And because of this story, read one more line.
2: There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. The children shall return to their border.
0: The children shall return to the border. The Shavu b'anim And what is it? What, what what are we saying here? You know, and the, the grave, of, the the grave of the Rachel's tomb in Bethlehem in Israel became a very very popular place. And the the mother Rachel, the mama Rochow, became the mother of the Jewish people. Just think about how many Rachel's are in the world. Jews and angels. Millions. For history, for sure. Every second Jewish girl is Rochow. Rachel became the mother of the Jewish people. Even biologically. She's only a mother of two tribes. Of Ephraim and Benjamin, right? Joseph and Benjamin, Ephraim and Menashe, and, Joseph. and most of your of your children are exiled. Why is she called the mother of the Jewish people? Even in Kabbalah, in many places, it's Avrom, Yitzchok, Yaakov, Rochel, Natliah, not Natreta. Not not
1: because she cried for all the Jewish people.
0: Because she cried for everybody. She cared for everybody because she cares for the children or not her children. That's why she deserves to be considered, you earn your motherhood. Motherhood is not necessarily a biological thing. Motherhood is who cares, who loves you. She adopted the rest of the Jewish people. Leah chose to be buried in the cave of Machpelah. Sarah and Rebecca, were, they didn't wait for the Jews in a thousand years on the road and need somebody to cry by them. A shoulder to cry. They were, were buried in their own family place, beautiful, comfortably. The
2: only one who was buried in the middle of nowhere was Rachel. So is that where the tomb is, where she was buried? Mm-hmm. Yes. When they
0: made the peace agreement with the... With, uh, the oslo agreement A part of the deal was they were giving bethlehem and they were giving also the cave the the ritual stone then one of the modern orthodox ternesec members went to Rabin. he had an appointed rabbi he wants to explain it, that this is an important thing Rabin was a very secular job he had a shome suddenly shows up next to him another Knesset member, very religious, from Jerusalem, old man, long white beard, says, "I'm joining you for this meeting." They go in. The other, the other Knesset members start to explain him. You know, it's very important for Jewish people throughout history. But it was not working. Finally, this Menachem Paz got up, picked up an old rabin by his collar, and told him, "Mr. Rabin, the ma the Jewish people will never forgive you if you give back the land. If you give back the, uh, the uh, ir, ir tomb. And he started to cry. And his teeth fell on the, on the, on the rabbi's suit. And rabbi was so shocked. He says, give me a minute. Picked up the phone. Shimon Peres was the foreign minister who made He told them, you know, I think we should rethink about Rachel's tomb. And they left it on this side. It's full with, with barriers and this because they're afraid of terrorists and this. But thousands and thousands of Jews go there, Especially people who need blessings for children because Rachel could not have children if people go there for this prayer. Then it's all, it's all based on this prophecy from Jeremiah. And that's what, what Rashi brings, what the Medrash brings, that Jacob told uh, Joseph why I buried your mother on the, on the way to on Bethlehem is, the Rosh is based on this, on this Jeremiah and this we read on Rosh Hashanah, understand? why Rosh Hashanah? because three people, three women were answered on Rosh Hashanah the prayers were answered on Rosh Hashanah three barren women prayers were answered on Rosh Hashanah Sarah that's why we read the story about Sarah in the Torah reading from Rosh Hashanah Yesterday, the day before, we read the Torah of Hannah in Rachel. Then when a Jew comes to synagogue on Rosh Hashanah, we tell him, Bocha, God answered bigger prayers than you on Rosh Hashanah. He can answer your story. But it's more than that, the whole purpose of the Torah is to read from the bime a message of comfort to the Jewish people. People come Rosh Hashanah to show. They will not, you know. People remember. The people tell me, "I remember your speech on Rosh Hashanah because you didn't need another one since Rosh Hashanah." <laughs> <laughs> I <remember his> <laughs> and then the people come on Rosh Hashanah; they might never see them for another twenty years. What's the message if they just read it? If they just pay attention to the aftera, the message is that God promised that one day the Jewish people will come back home. Home is not only Israel. Home is the shul. Home is the community. Home is the, to the home parents coming home. Now now he goes on with another issue about uh, uh, continuing
2: about Ephraim. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. You have chastised me, and I have been chast- chastened like the untrained calf. Cause me not to repent, and I will repent. For you, Lord, are my God. He after-
0: says here, what do you think? Ephraim is the kingdom of Israel. The people of Ephraim are idol worshippers, bad guys. Here, the prophet Jeremiah says, Ephraim is begging Ashiveni Vershuva. God, bring me back, and I will return to you. God, give me a hand, help me. I don't know how to do it myself, because you are my God. Continue.
2: For after I repented, I regretted my past, and after I understood my wrongdoings, I beat my thigh in remorse. I was ashamed, even disgraced, for I have to bear the shame of my youth.
0: The shame of my youth. 300 years later, when they are destroyed, what's the shame of the youth when they won? A flourishing kingdom, and everything went well, and they were still not, not observing the, in the words of God, that he says, I know, I was embar- I'm embarrassed of what I did, and I'm, and I'm trying to repent for my youth. I'm, I'm embarrassed of what, what I did doing when I was young. And now comes a line that is included in the prayer of Rosh Hashanah. Mark, you want to read? I was
1: ashamed, even disgraced, for I have...
0: That's the important, next. Oh,
1: is Ephraim not my beloved son? Is he not Abey
0: a precious son? Ephraim. Isn't Ephraim? In English, it's written up, upside down. My, my favorite son, Ephraim. My beloved son, Ephraim. God calls Ephraim the idol worshippers. They, they, they assimilate the Jew. My beloved son Ephraim. The Jews in Shul think that they are the beloved son. <laughs> My beloved son Ephraim is the guy who's in the idol-worshiping house. You're in the wrong place, guys. Is Who is he calling Abenya Benyakili Ephraim is an amazing message. You can be as bad as you want. We'll never give, you, give up on you. That's what exactly the Meano Leinochem is. Abayn Yakir find my beloved sign of continue. Go ahead.
1: Is not a precious child that whenever I speak of him, I recall him even more.
0: If, uh, it says here like this. He uh, is not my, a precious child. It's missing here. Yeah. It's not, my precious, it's not only my precious child. Yelecha Shuim is my, the child that I play with, my, play, my playboy, literally is, don't take it in the wrong way, playboy.
3: <laughs> no, 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 it sounds like a, you're playing with a grandchild on your knees. On your exactly, yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. Yele shuim, the child that you are so proud of, and you show off to everybody, look at my child, look how beautiful he is. That's the child. That he calls Ephraim, the these bad guys, that for 300 years, they had two idol sh- idol worshiping centers, not one, he calls them Yele and every time when I speak about them, boy. Every time when I speak about them, eskerenu od. I will speak. i recall them even more. It means to say, the more I talk about them, the more I miss them.
1: Therefore. Therefore, my inner part stir for him. I will what show what
0: what means my inner part uh, stir for him? The kishkes, you know yeah, what the kishkes, the kishkes is? is right. The kishkes turn around. Rachem
1: I will surely go ahead. We'll surely have compassion on him, declares the Lord.
0: Rachem arachamenu. The word "rachem" is twice. Rachem arachamenu. That's why the translator Ashurbanaki. This 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 prayer, Aben Yaqilya'faim made it to the Amida, I think of Rosh Hashanah for sure, of young people, but I think for some reason I remembered some other <laughs> thing. Here it is. Open on page 235. from page 235 is a combination of two pieces from the book of jeremiah you know the first prophecy of jeremiah what he talked to jewish people not what he heard well, not what he heard from god the first message of jeremiah was also very very i think by the end of chapter uh, two yeah no the beginning of chapter two chapter one is jeremiah's conversation with god chapter two is the first. Please that Jeremiah goes out to the Jewish people. What he tells them. And by your servant, the prophet, read it.
3: And by your servants, the prophets, it is written as follows. Go and call out in the ears of the inhabitants of Jerusalem saying, thus said the Lord, I remember for you the devotion of your youth, the love of your bridal days as you went after me in the wilderness in an uncultivated land. And it is stated out. Okay,
0: God tells the Jewish people. Jeremiah, No, know he starts, if you want people to hear you, you better start with something nice, comforting, complimentary, it says God says to the Jewish people, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, when you went after me to the desert, from Egypt, from a cultivated land to a desert. Who in his right mind will go to a desert? Even a slave doesn't want to go to a desert. And you trusted me that God says, I will never forget this kindness. Like a a guy, um, husband, tells his wife, I'll never forget the kindness of you that when I just got married and I wanted to go to Australia, to New Zealand to move to look for gold, and you believed in me and I I was penniless, and you went with me all the way, that years later, I'll never forget what you did for me. When Achim Begin, when he became finally the Prime Minister of Israel, when he won the election in 1977 after 10 years of fighting, he turned to his wife and he told her, I will quote this line I remember to you the years that you went with me to the desert. He just changed one word. Here it's written, uncultivated land. He said it was a land cultivated, uh, uh, planted with, with uh, minds, oh. because it was full of minds, actually. This is the beginning of, the book of, Je- the beginning of chapter 2 of Jeremiah. That's what I learned from one uh, rabbi writes about uh, the And he says, if you look good, this is the first prophecy that Jeremiah offered to the people. This is a brilliant thought that he- Jeremiah started in a good way. And then we quote a little piece from the book of Ezekiel. Go ahead, continue. And it is said. And it's stated?
2: And it is stated, Is Ephraim not my beloved son? Is he not a precious child that whenever I speak of him I recall him even more? Therefore my inner parts stir for him. I will surely have compassion on him, says the Lord.
0: That's where he put it. He made it into the prayer book. The, the, it starts in the last end of the first paragraph. The end of the first paragraph. Okay. That the same paragraph that we just read, the same verse that we just read in the book, in, in the end of the after, made it to the prayer book. We use it a part of the prayer of Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because that says everything. God says, "My beloved son, of fire." What does this mean? We go around in the big world, and God is basically saying, "No matter how bad you are, no matter what it's going to be, I'll never give up. On you. No matter what." I remember, once I was parents, what what daughter to me, I should try to convince her to. Um, not to intermarry, and so on, it was a whole discourse. I talked to her and I saw, why the resistance this is going? I didn't tell her. What I told her is, no matter what is going to happen, you're Jewish, your kids will be Jewish, you're always welcome. Nobody ever gave up on you, nobody will be angry with you, nobody will hate you, you will be a part of the Jewish people, and you will always be welcomed. And this is the most important message, I mean, for sure we have to tell them, early, early in advance what you we, what we want them to do. But when push comes to shove, you don't give up on anybody. Jacob never gave up on Joseph. Therefore, Joseph never gave up on Jacob.